You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 46. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I'm your host. And before we get into this week's episode, I just want to share a few pre-show announcements. The show notes for this week's episode, which are very important because we have a very special guest on this show, are going to be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And the show notes are basically like the blog for the for the podcast. So if you hear me talking about a book, resources, something that I've listened to, something that I've done, uh, something that I want to share with you and I think I want to recommend to you, that is where you will find the link. And this week's episode is a perfect example of that. But before I get too ahead of myself, if you want to follow the show on social media, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at how does underscore she do it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, I am at Tiff South and that's Tiff with two F's and send me a message. You can comment on my pictures. I post information about the episodes when they come up and then just other stuff that I'm doing. So I look forward to interacting with you there. And if you ever have any questions, comments, feedback, or thoughts generally, you can share and send me an email at Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. Already done so, please leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app. And you can go to the app on your phone if you type in search, type how does she do it when my the show pops up and you see my little face and the podcast art, tap the podcast artwork and then tap write a review and you will be able to leave a rating and review while you're even listening to the show. And you can also look at the show notes while you're listening to the show if you're using the Apple Podcast app. We are also available on um, Google Play, wherever you can listen to podcasts except SoundCloud, (laughs) you can listen to How Does She Do It. So tell a friend to tell a friend that it's me again. And uh, I look forward to interacting with you via Twitter, the Instagrams, Facebook, email, or via your five-star rating and review. This week's Just My Thoughts is not going to be a traditional Just My Thoughts because I want to spend this part of the episode talking about the interview that you are about to hear. But before I go any further, I want you to make note that this is episode 46, not 45. You did not miss episode 45, not doing episode 45 on the podcast. So that's just going to be, it is what it is. Um, But this week's guest is Crystal Evans Hurst. Crystal Evans Hurst is a writer, she's a speaker, she is a podcast host, she is a mom, she is a, what she she calls herself, the chief executive officer of her home, she has homeschooled her children, she's a, a phenomenal person, and she has a, I first learned about Crystal when I was looking for podcasts that talked about faith and that were encouraging, that were not, uh, that were just kind of relatable to me and to where I was in, in the stage of my life and where I hope to be. 
I came across Crystal's Chronicles, which is the name of her podcast, and fell in love the first episode I listened. And I actually, that day, I think I found it, I think I listened to like three or four of her episodes straight and was immediately sharing it with my friends. And what you'll hear in this interview and what you'll hear in if you listen to or when you listen to Crystal's Chronicles, I should say, is just her accessibility and her just warmth and her honesty. And she has great conversations with some amazing women of faith on her podcast. But as of this recording, Crystal's new book called She's Still There is available still for pre-order and will be released on August 8th. And I wanted to talk to Crystal because I wanted to get insight into why she decided to write this book. I wanted to learn a little bit more about her and I wanted to just have her share some of the great knowledge and experience and wisdom that she has as it relates to her own life experiences and how she wants to help other women be able to kind of rescue the girl within as she as she talks about. So we talk about things like why she decided to write She's Still There, being okay with being a work in progress, accepting who God says you are, even when your reality doesn't necessarily feel like you are that person. We talk about what happens when your life doesn't look like what you want it to look like. We get into some practical ways to take control of your day. We talk about activating your faith and belief in God. And when you get to that part of the conversation, I think you're you're really going to enjoy it because there are just so many things. So I would highly suggest that when you listen to this episode, you listen to it once if you're on the move doing whatever you want to do. But if you have the opportunity, make sure you have a notebook out because she drops some gems that are very tangible and very accessible that we can apply beginning like right now. So what I would like for you to do is Take a look at the show notes. Make sure you pre-order a copy of She's Still There. Make sure you check out Crystal's Chronicles. Make sure you follow Crystal on social media. And again, all of these links will be in the show notes of this episode. And she'll also mention it at the very end of the episode. But I think that we had just a, a really honest conversation. And I told her in my mind, she's like a big cousin to me because she just she just has so much wisdom to share. And it's wisdom that I think women who are at any stage of our lives who really can benefit from, but particularly someone who is growing in her mid twenties and thirties, who's just trying to find ways to get through the stage that we are in right now, you'll really get get something out of this interview. Now, before we get into it, I have to make a caveat. If you've listened to the show from the very beginning, you know that sound quality is something that's important to me. There, about halfway through this interview, there some static starts to happen in the conversation. And I went back and forth about it, but I decided to publish it because it's such a good conversation. It is not terrible. It's just not what I would like to have it be. That said, please enjoy this conversation with Crystal Evans Hurst, author of She's Still There, Rescuing the Girl in You, host of Crystal's Chronicles, writer on her blog, and a great woman of faith and someone who I think we can learn a lot from. Enjoy. Good morning, Crystal, and thank you for coming on How Does She Do It? Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I'm grateful to be here. It is my pleasure because I, um, like I just mentioned to you, you're like a big cousin in my mind. I've been listening to your show. I've been sharing it with everybody that I know because you offer so much realness. You offer so much, um, so much faith and so much grounding in in scripture that really speaks, I think, to a lot of people in a very accessible way. And your conversations with your guests is just are just phenomenal. And um, we're happy to have you. 
It's exciting to be here. All right. So you have, in reading your bio, you have a few things, a few ways that you describe yourself. Jesus girl, wife, homeschooler, worship leader, writer, speaker, all of these amazing things. What is something else that you, that you may not have shared in your bio or that you want people who may not be familiar with you to get to know about you or to know about you? Hmm. Um, well, two things come to mind and I don't, there's a, I don't know if that bio has it in there, but I am super techie. Mm-hmm. I love wires and gadgets and things. I love them as <laughs> and, well. <laughs> and when anybody in my family, something doesn't work, they call, they call me. Um, the second thing is I have realized that I am, um, I, I, I think I'm a higher level introvert than I've ever been, but I'm an introvert and I love meeting people. I love people. I love talking to people, but I really have to have time to refuel and even more so as I get older. <laughs> ah, okay. No, I, I always think that's interesting because I, I think I'm an extrovert, but I always, it's interesting to hear how people who are so good in front of people who are so good interacting with people on stage and on camera, like such as yourself, who say that it's like that recharging thing. So what are some of those things that you do to, to recharge? <laughs> uh, I usually have about 35 to 55 tabs open on my computer. I just like looking things up like, and I love reading. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm reading, but a lot of times I'm just my brain is always going and I always want to learn something new and I always want to answer a question. And so I have tabs open on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I like to do is to, um, I, 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 I enjoy cooking, I, but I only enjoy cooking when no one's waiting on me to eat. Like when I can finish it, when it's finished, I sit down and eat versus, you know, people going, what's for dinner? When is it going to be time to eat? Mom, it's past six o'clock. Like, so uh, I do enjoy getting creative in the, in the kitchen. Okay. Yeah, sound because that adds pressure when people are like waiting for you and looking for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when I can turn on a great song or a great playlist on Spotify and take my time with it, that that's recharging for me. Okay, so you have a podcast called Crystals Chronicles, and for the mm-hmm. last several weeks, you've been doing a series uh, called She's Still There, which is related mm-hmm. to your book that is coming out on August eighth. And, mm-hmm. and so I, as I was thinking about this episode, I was like, okay, well, let's kind of do like a little bit of a, she's still there for Crystal on, and just thinking about like your, she's still there story. And you mentioned, you have so many great stories in your book and, um, just thinking about what brought you to want to write this particular book with this particular message for women. Well, um, the first book I wrote with my dad, Tony Evans was, uh, is called Kingdom Woman. And he basically did all the theological heavy hitting and I came in and told some stories mm-hmm. and uh, that connected uh, with the reader with the book. And what I thought when he asked me to write that was I can't really be a part of this project because Kingdom Woman sounds a lot like Superwoman. I'm not her. Um, I certainly am not perfect. Don't want anybody to think that. And I also, um, you know, I was a single, I was a teenage mom, single. So I, I, I just didn't want to connect my life to that title. Um, and so in the process of um, accepting the opportunity to write that book and writing it, what I realized is that a lot of people struggle to accept um, who God says they are or who God says they can be, even if they're a work in progress, because um, things in their life don't match up. So what she still there did is I took the idea that a woman may have picked up kingdom woman and loved it and loved the principles in it, but looks at her life and what's in her life doesn't necessarily 
match up. Mm. And so she's still there is, um, it's not a continuation. It's a what happens when your life does not look like what you want it to look like. How, what are the practical steps to walking in the belief of who God says you are and not just believing it, but activating that belief by making certain decisions, by choosing to live with focus, by being an encourager of yourself and by embracing the life God has given you. How do you practically execute step by step to live the the life a kingdom woman would live? Mm. I'm just like, so, so how does she do it? The tagline I came up with is practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. And like the way as I'm, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, I feel like I'm barely grown because I'm 32 and like this adulting thing is really hard. Um, but (laughs) what you just talked about is activating that belief, activating the things that we are, we read in the Bible that we, we know are true because if we believe that this is what God says about who we are, then that means it has to be true. But making that transition to actually owning it for ourselves, like what is an example of how you can activate that belief going from, um, for example, Jeremiah 29, uh, 30, 29, 11, which you, which you often talk about is I know the plans I have for you. So how do you activate the belief that you know God has plans for you that are good? Well, you know, if you, um, if you are building a house and there's nothing there, um, you've met with a builder, maybe you've had a conversation, maybe you've written your check, you made your down payment, but you're going to build a house. The, 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 the belief comes from seeing the plans before you see anything concrete poured, before any of the beams go up, before any of the foundation is laid, the wiring is put put in, you believe you're going to see the end result because you believe the builder and you look at the plans and you operate from nothing being there to something being there by looking at the plans. God has given us plans in his word so we can look at what it means to activate um, an abundant life for a believer by looking at those plans, reading them. And so many people want to know what God wants them to do, and they don't read the plans. So that's number one. But those are the general plans for everybody. Then you have to go in and look at the plans he laid in you. And so gaining a new perspective on who you are and who you can become comes when you use that word gain as an acronym. Um, G is for gifts. What are the natural gifts that he's given you, the things that you can do that come easy, the things that people say you're really good at or you just have a knack for? Abilities is A. Abilities would be skills. Those are things you can do. Whether or not you can do them naturally, they're skills you've developed. So just because I'm musical doesn't mean I'm a virtuoso pianist. I have to go to piano lessons and develop that skill. Or just because I'm good with numbers doesn't mean I have a CPA. I have to go to college and I have to take a test and I have to have training and apprenticeship in order to do that well. So skills are things you've learned to do, whether they're natural or not. Interests are your passions. Those are the things that set your heart on fire. And so that could be, I love children. That could be, um, I love organizing that that could be, I love taking care of people who are homeless or I love women or, you know, just anything that makes you excited. You can't stop talking about it. And then your nature is your personality. Those are the things that um, identify you with a certain bent. You know, are you an extrovert or an introvert? Are you the life of the party or are you a wallflower? Do you tend towards positivity or do you tend towards more melancholy um, seriousness or, you know, just what, how would you be defined in terms of words that suit your personality? You take all of that 
And then you realize these are the things that you have deposited in you. Some were deposited at birth, some you have developed or they've happened over time. That is, if you can think of your soul like a cup, there are things that God gave you the day that you were born. And then just like a baby has to be nurtured and fed and cared for, you can nurture and care for your soul to develop the starter kit that God gave you. If you don't, if you bring a baby home and you don't feed it, it won't grow. Well, the same happens with who we are and the gifts, abilities, interests, and the nature that God designed us with. If we don't nurture it, it won't grow. And then we have the experiences that we have and the opportunities that we have and how those impact how our soul shows up in the different seasons, excuse me, the different seasons of our life. So that is the specific plan uh, that affects the specific plan for you. What are God's general plans in his word? And that are what, what are the specific plans? Because you can look at a builder's plans and then come in and you can say, yeah, but we really need more room in the kitchen or we really need, you know, we don't need that extra bathroom upstairs, but we do need a bigger closet. So you come in based on you and you make adjustments to the generic plan. So that is what we talk about when we say, um, that you have a roadmap, you know, for your life and you can figure it out. God first, he has a general word for all. And then we have to take the time to know us. Yeah. And many of us don't do that. We spend a lot of time trying to get to know everybody else, but we don't spend time knowing us and then nurturing and caring for ourselves in a world that is busy, in a world that has high demands, in a world that tells us constantly what we're not. We have to be responsible for knowing what God gave us to work with, nurturing it, growing it, developing it, and then using it. That is so real. <laughs> that is so <laughs> real in so many ways. And I loved that, that acronym gain because, um, it is, it's so tangible, right? And you mentioned now we have this, we see the plan that the builder came to us with. So that's our generic plan in God's word. We see, uh, we, we've done this, a li- this little bit of analysis that tells us what our gifts are, our abilities, our interests, our nature, but then what happens when life happens, right? And something comes in and throws that entire thing off, a breakup, a, an unexpected loss, uh, your job, you lose your job, like your finances get crazy, a parent gets sick. So much can happen to kind of help us, to throw us off that course, throw us off that roadmap that you mentioned, and then cause us to then question both the general plan as well as the specific plan. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know, and you talk about that, like, can you give us an example from your own life of when something like that happened where you had, you thought things were going, you were following the plan, and then all of a sudden you were like, wait, what plan? <laughs> oh, yeah, there are so many. There's probably too many to count. Um, you know, I think in my 20s, uh, early teens and 20s, that was me getting pregnant. I mean, that was just, um, you know, I was raised in a great Christian home. And so I just, you know, started having sex when I was a teenager and in college got pregnant. So I definitely think that was a uh, a drift mentally and it was a decision practically. And um, and I think that drifts happen because we stop paying attention. We stop paying attention to who we are, what we've done. Now, sometimes the the things in life that send us off course are not a drift of our own. Sometimes there are things that happen to us because of choices that we made. I, I have a friend who's in a California right now. She hates her life. She took a great job, wasn't right or wrong. She just is totally lonely. And she can trace that back to a decision she made to take the job. Wasn't bad. It just she knows when her life started to take that turn. Another turn for me was, and I love all of my children, but um, when I got married in my late 20s, 
my husband and I started having more children. And so I remember being, you know, you know, changing a diaper or <laughs> really in the middle of the night, one night, one of my kids took off their diaper mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. It was, there was mm, everywhere. <laughs> and so I'm <laughs> um, cleaning that up. You know, I, for the 10 years of my twenties, you know, I'd gone to work for an institutional financial money management company and, um, uh, was picking stocks. I mean, I had that kind of job, get there at six, leave at six or later. So when I'm sitting, you know, on the floor in the middle of the night with a kid cleaning crap up, basically, I was like, what is going on? Well, that decision where I was it wasn't a bad decision. I just made a decision to start having children. And that decision comes along with a lot of other things that had me questioning, you know, what is going on with my life? Uh, I've had situations where I've looked at myself in the mirror and said, okay, I don't even recognize the girl in the mirror. What What is all this extra weight around her? You know, and that's a slow drift with small decisions over time and stress and life stuff. Uh, my husband has health challenges. That has nothing to do with me directly, but it sure does impact me. And so that impacts everything. <clears throat> it impacts our finances. It impacts um, uh, it impacts our home. It impacts the balance of who does what. It impacts work. It impacts everything. And so I think we have to know that what life happens, it happens to us because we stop paying attention and we drift away. It happens because we make decisions that are not, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're wrong, sometimes they're not. But we we can tie where we are now to a decision that we made at one point. Or sometimes it happens because other people made decisions. It's a collision. They weren't paying attention. They weren't awake at the wheel. They were texting and driving and ran into us. And so people have a lot of heart, life hurt because of abuse. And they have a, life, a lot of life hurt because of breakups or divorce. And they have a lot of life hurt because they were doing a good job, but they lost their job. And so in any case, I think what people have to understand, we are going to end up on the side of the road in life because it's life and it may be you and it may be somebody else. Just understand it happens. What is important to really get though is that it's what happens after that that matters more. When you're in the ditch, do you sit there and lament it for too long? When When you're in the ditch, do you feel sorry for yourself too long? When you're in the ditch, do you sit there and say, you know, it's somebody's fault? Do you play the victim too long? Any of those things keep you in the ditch. So if you want to move forward and own your life at some point, drift, decision, collision, you have to decide to get out. And where there is a God, there is always a way out and there's always God. So we just have to embrace small steps. They don't have to be major decisions. Sometimes it does. But there's always something we can do, always something we can do. So when I was in my 20s, I placed a phone call to my school counselor, told him I was pregnant. Can I stay here? What do I need to do? Do you know anybody who can keep kids? When I was in my 30s, I told my husband, look, I love you, but we're going to either have to get me some help or you're going to have to help me some more because I, I've got to, I've got to, I want to do this season well, but I've got to also not go crazy and forget about me. I love the the way that you lay, it's like, it's so tangible, right? Because life is happening and then all of a sudden you end up in a ditch, but it's not that you have to just pop back up and just go on as though nothing happened. It's about taking those small steps, that first thing that you can do to begin to find your way out of that ditch and to navigate yourself back to where you want to be. When I think about some of the ditches that I've found myself in and it, it feels as though you've let the world down. It feels it can feel as though you've left let God down. It can feel like you have let your family down. And what are what is something that you would have to like? What is something you can say to yourself in that moment 
to just say, maybe it's just as simple as you got to just start from here. Just start right where you yeah. are. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. I think the reason why a lot of people don't move forward is because they're looking at all the steps. They're looking at the distance between where I am and where I want to be. And yeah, we need to recognize the distance and be realistic about it. But I think we only can take one step at a time. And most people can identify one or, you know, one, two or three things that they can do. And I think there is there's a momentum that you build when you raise your self-respect by doing what you can do. Just quit talking about it and just do it. Um, But you don't have to do it, meaning everything at one time. You can do it, you know, bit by bit. And I think that's what we have to do in this microwave world is say it's not supposed to happen instantaneously. I do the next thing Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to continue doing the next thing until God allows me or shows me what comes after that. And we just have to give ourselves a break. We have to give ourselves a break. So in your chapter in She's Still There, you talk, there's the chapter about yellow crumbs and following the Mm -hmm. crumbs. And you, at the end of the chapter, you have these these great sections that are called Reflections for the Rescue. And you say, you may not know everything you need to know, but you don't have to. How do, as type A, successful women who are like out here trying to be mm-hmm. our best selves and trying to be all successful and take care of 25 different things happening in our life, how do we be, how are we, can we be okay with not having not knowing everything like how do we do that (laughs) (laughs) we learn (laughs) we learn because here's what happens if you don't learn you're constantly going to be stressed out overwhelmed and agitated I mean and there's just no way to live there is a way um to be who you are I'm learning and, and learning every day how to be who I am. I am kind of a go get it girl out of my top five strengths. I took strength finders. That's my new little fun thing. I love um, and my number one is an achiever. I just, I'm always like, how do I check the box? How do I check the box? How do I check the box? And so, um, but I've learned that I add stress to my life with constantly moving forward and never reflecting, never, never giving myself space to make a mistake, not being forgiving and, um, and loving and encouraging to myself, not giving myself space to learn that I don't always, I I just gave a talk last night and, um, it's a talk I've given before. And there's a couple of things that I know I fumbled. And let me tell you, last night after I gave that talk, I had people saying to me, girl, you did such a great job and people crying. And this was just so I needed this and all that. And I'm sitting there looking at them thinking, yep, but I didn't stick my last point very well. I mean, like, you know, and I think that we have to give ourselves a break Mm. and realize that even when we, when we show up, there is value in us showing up. Now, yes, show up and be prepared, show up and be educated, show up and be on time. But when we show up, that life is growth, that we are not supposed to be done, baked. When we are done and baked, we're not here anymore. So I think the the, the trick is learning to give yourself grace and to tell yourself, you know what? I am okay. I mean, that's actually uh, chapter two in the book, to tell yourself that. Whether it's because you're in pain or if it's because you're not giving yourself a break. Say, you know what? I showed up and I gave something today. Mm. And give yourself a break. You have to learn self-love, self-appreciation, and learn how to say to yourself that you gave something and that particularly if you gave your best, that's enough. And if I made a mistake, if I dropped the ball, if I could have done it better, I'll have another chance another day. Well, one of the things you actually talked about 
in in your talk, you said so you said so many great things. And but one of the things you said, urgent will always try to skip the line to get in front of the important. And I was like, if that is not the truest of statements, that what yep. is urgent in right in front of us will try to get in front of what's important. And that that distinction is key. So can you tell like when you say urgent versus important, what distinction are you making there? Okay, just in a real like get it done girl kind of way, I gotta get out of email. Like mm. If I'm going to write, if I'm going to have talks that are that are well baked and that are that are that are not um, something that I'm trying to present, but something that I'm speaking out of that's inside. I mean, I just I've so melt. I got to get out of email and the emails are always dinging. The texts are always dinging. Notifications from social media are always dinging. Those are things that are like right now. Oh, I want to respond to them, you know, get them a response. Okay. But if the important thing, if what you're trying to develop, if what you're trying to create is uh, a business or, you know, it's writing or it's your presentation or it's your family, then you have to let those little urgent interruptions know their place. You have to put them in a place or else they will take over and usurp the space that belongs to the important. I mean, just in a practical space with work. Like my husband and I, you know, the kids are urgent. Mom, I'm hungry. Uh, you know, mom, can you fix this? Okay, what's important? They are important, but my marriage is important too. And if my husband and I don't put a date on the calendar, I've learned we won't go. Like it has to be, it has to be on there. We have to say, and, and we're going to honor that. And if we have to change it, then we move the date, like not a month out, but you know, we figure out another night that week and like we're working on that because the kids are urgent and they're growing and they've got to be in this. And so we have to do that. You know, um, <laughs> what's urgent is, I'm hungry right now. You know, I'm hungry and I'm driving home and I'm passing all these places that can fix it for me immediately. What's important, though, is that I'm healthy. And so if important is it needs to come first, then I exercise self-discipline or I go somewhere where I can get something that is good for me and not something that just satisfies an urgent craving. So we are people of flesh and our flesh drives what we want from our senses. And we have to know that, you know, and all these, even when I was talking about, you know, your email and your um and your phones and notifications, you know, all those things give you a dopamine hit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ooh, somebody like, you know, let me see who that was. I mean, it's a hit. Mm -hmm. And so we have flesh that craves certain things. It craves attention. It craves achievement. It craves, um, um, you know, craves food. It craves. And so we have to let um, the urgent requests of our body know their place. And we do that by inserting spots for the important and, and, um, and honoring those places that we've set aside. Oh my goodness. I, so I am going to, after we get off this call, make a list of what the things that are urgent in my life and the things that are important. And it is so even the, like that practical example of hunger being urgent, but health being important. Listen, I've been having this issue with eating sugar and watching my whole metabolism start to betray me as a result of what's, <laughs> what's starting to happen and being on the other side of, of the better side of 30. And um, it is it is shifting. But I, I love that that we have to create space for those things because the space is not going to open up on its own. If we don't deliberately create that space and create that room, then it will we will just keep responding to the urgent because the urgent gives us that quick that quick fix, that quick hit, that quick need um, being resolved or being addressed. Mm -hmm, yep. And I mean, you have to do it constantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things I think the best people have the practice of is setting aside a regular review of their life, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and saying, am I aiming? Do, do I know what I'm aiming for? And is what I'm doing in my life 
continuing to practically push me in the direction of my aim? And if so, what's working? And if not, what is not working? And how can I make adjustments? That constant tweaking, the constant review of your life will keep you on course. And if you're not sure what's important, I can guarantee you, if you think to yourself, when I'm 60, what do I want to see in the major uh, silos of my life? What do I want to see spiritually? What do I want to see physically? What do I want to see relationally? What do I want to see professionally? What, I, what do I want to see personally or financially? Then you say, okay, if that's what I'm aiming for, what's important that I do and do regularly to get there? And then once you, I call it ground zero. If you have ground zero in your life, this is what ground zero looks like. This is what, I, what I'm doing in these areas of my life to get where I want to go to to build what I want to build, then everything else has to fit around it. And if it doesn't fit, then you don't do it. It got to go. <laughs> if it go. don't fit, it got to go. I love that. And you, you know what? One one of the things that I appreciate you about you so much is the, is the practicality of everything that you share because it's not this like pie in the sky, well, you know, everything's going to be great and it's going to work out in the end. No, you got to work for it. Like we have to put in and dig in and put our elbows into into whatever it is that we're trying to do to make this to make these things happen. And so what, we talked a little bit about drifting. Right. And I want to come back to how to pay attention, because we're, what we're talking about right now is it's kind of catching and being present and being aware of what's happening. But when you have one of the things you said is that we didn't meander away in a minute. Slowly and gradually, we took steps, possibly unconscious, that took us farther than we intended. And I love that description because it's so it's so like it's so visual. What is something that somebody can do? every day. You mentioned like a regular review, but is there something that we can do every day in our lives to make sure that we're paying attention, we're checking for our drifting in different parts of our life? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, if you're a journaler, I think it's great to end your day with you know what you did and how you felt about it. I think that's one thing. If you're not a journaler, that's fine too. I think that getting up in the morning and not rushing out of the bed is really helpful for me um, to lay there and do two things, to pray and then to ask God to let me know what's important to him for me to do today. Like bring that, help me to know what's important to him. The other thing is just laying there and let my mind do the work. Now I'm a big list person, but I've found that your body and your brain is really smart. They're both really smart. And if you leave room, they will feed up to you what's really important for the day. What's really important. Now you can go to your list, but a lot of times because I'm a list maker and a list and a box checker, I want to make sure I check the things off. And so sometimes I actually because the important things are bigger and they take more of my time or my creative energy, more of my thought, you know, it's easy to push those things to the side. If I lay there and let my body and my brain tell me What are the two or three things that when this day is over, I have to make sure I've done? Normally, my body and my brain tell me. And then I get up and make my list my slave, not make uh, myself a slave to my list. I have decided before I ever see my list what is important for, for my person, my presence in the world to move today. Then everything else is just a box to check. If I don't do that, then I'm just a person who has to check the boxes. So being still, and I know a lot of people uh, understand the power of prayer. A lot of people uh, enjoy meditation. And meditation is a scriptural concept. And some Christians are afraid to talk about that because we we don't do a good job of talking about it. And so then there's lots of different ways you can meditate and a lot of different things you can meditate on. But meditation is a scriptural principle that basically says, first and foremost, be still and know that God is God. And the second thing is be still and know 
Like let the Holy Spirit, let the Spirit in you tell you what you need to be doing with your life. And if you leave room for him to do that and leave room for him to work in your body and in your brain, you will know what's important and you will have clarity on how to act and move forward in your day. Oh, I, oh my goodness. You're just like amazing. I love that you mentioned <laughs> that meditation is a spiritual principle. And I actually, can we talk about that a little bit? Because sure. there is a, and I've, and I've been thinking about this myself and there are so many, like you mentioned, Christians are afraid to talk about that. And there are people who, whether they're Christians or not, we're just like, whoa, what are we talking about here? I don't want to sit still with my legs crossed and say, ohm and have, you know, water music, you know, soundtrack in the background. How can we use meditation for for our benefit and make it tangible for people who may not, quote unquote, be those kinds of people who meditate? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I, it's hard for me. I just want you to understand that it's hard for me to sit there and not let my brain fire off because my brain is always firing off. But I think the thing is, is being still. You practice being still um, first and foremost. Um, and that's the hard part is not jumping out of bed because I'm trying to get somewhere. Being still. Um, I usually um, do one or two things um, just in a practical way. And I, I'm, I'm usually meditating, laying down. I just I, Before I just swing my legs out of the bed, I just lay there for a minute. Um, and uh, this sounds so like, but it's true. I try really hard to just quiet my mind. Um, and I do that one of two ways. The first way is I take the focus off of me and what I have to do. And I focus on God and being grateful. And if I don't know what to be grateful for today, I just start listing out what I'm grateful for yesterday and giving thanks for the life that I have today. Then I meditate. If I, there's a scripture that I've memorized, I meditate on that. Just one line. Like uh, we were at my church, we were t- we've been talking about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I spoke on that scripture a couple weeks ago. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, what does it mean, you know? Are you my shepherd? Like, do I trust you? Am I following you? Am I obeying you? And just sit there and kind of meditate on some scripture. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes because my brain is popping off, as I like to say, with all the things I need to do. I just say, you know what? I'm overwhelmed with what's on my plate. I spend time being honest with him and with myself. And then I just try to really slow my pulse just by, by offering up my concerns and saying, you know what? I don't have to worry about this. You've got it. I just try to be still and think only about what um, I'm grateful for and think only about what I'm really not responsible for. Um, because even though there are things in my life that I need to do, ultimately the reason why I have life is because it's a gift and I'm only responsible for the things that God wants me to do in my day. So I really try hard to just slow my roll and then I just sit and listen. Just listen. I listen to the rhythm of my heart. I listen to the rhythm of my breath. And then somewhere in that slow, slowed pulse, then my body and the brain tell me what's important for the day. All right now. that And that that's so, that's reasonable because it's not, I think what people think is that meditation is the absence of thought. And it's not. It's more of about the shifting of focus and the shifting of thought. And so you did, mm-hmm. you did a very a very good job of like of what's reasonable when you feel your mind going a, a whole bunch of different places. You bring it to a different place. You bring it to the place that you needed to be in that moment to be focused on whatever it is that whatever it is that you are trying to be focused on. Um, mm-hmm. And let me just say this: mm-hmm. like I don't know anything about meditation. Like like some people are like meditation people. Mm-hmm. I'm not a meditation person. Like mm-hmm. you know I I I so. 
But what I'm saying is I've learned that what I do, that's, oh, that's what people call meditation. <laughs> I've just learned that if I'm trying to move too fast, that I actually end up doing what's urgent and not important. So the antithesis to that is to slow down and to start with what's important and then work my way to the urgent. And that just happens to be what I've found. People say, oh, you're, you you just meditate at the beginning of your day. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess so. that's what you call it, right? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you, like, you work your way into a process you don't even intentionally know that you're doing, but that it ends up being that thing. Um, well, I um, don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I want to talk I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your book and if there are thing if there are ways that people can get in contact with you then you know let let us let us know and um, hopefully my listeners will gravitate to Crystal's Chronicles because it is one of my favorite podcasts and um, and yeah just share a little bit about how people can get can get in connect and connect with you yeah, well, they can find me at crystalevanshurst.com online and everywhere on social media, uh, except for Snapchat. Snapchat, I think I'm too old for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> Crystal Hurst, Crystal's with a C-H and a Y. Um, and um, I have a new book out called She's Still There. That's shestillthere.com, or that will be out on August the 8th. And so they can find out more about what we've been talking about by looking into that into that book. But yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. My favorite spot is Instagram. I like taking pictures of my life, but I'm everywhere. Okay. And before I let you go, I have one question that I like to ask all of my guests. If someone asked, how does Crystal do it? What is one value or habit you could share that gives insight into your success? <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't do. There's a lot of things I say no to. There's a lot of things I would love to do that if I make time for those, I won't have time to do the things that are important. And so I don't watch a lot of TV. And when I'm at home, I really am at home. Um, there are a lot of phone calls I don't make and a lot of people I do not meet with. No is always the foundation for building your yeses. And I'm learning, have learned some, and I'm learning more every day how to make room for the best yes in my life. Wow. Well, thank you for saying yes to being on uh, How Does She Do It? Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and to connect with uh, my listeners. And it was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And I look forward to, to connecting with you again soon. My pleasure to talk to you, Tiffany. Thanks for having me on your show. just want to share a few takeaways from that conversation with Crystal. And she said so many great things, but she shared a very tangible way to think about how to make sense of the general plans that God has for us and then the specific plans that he has for us. And she used that acronym GAIN, thinking about our gifts, our abilities, our interests, and nature. And those things, when you put them in perspective as it relates to the truth that we know and that comes from the word about who we are. And then you align those with the specific things that God has placed and made special about you. You are the, the sky is the limit. And I really hope that a lot of the things that she talked about related to the drifts that happen mentally, and then the practical decisions that we make that take us off course or that don't necessarily take us off course, but just change the direction and the way that we may have thought life was going to happen, but then it just takes us in a different direction. I hope that you took something from that, thinking about the 
when to say no, thinking about how to create quiet time in your life to to get close to the things that are most important to you, to get close to the things that are most important to God and how to bring those things in, in alignment and to to give yourself grace, like just learn to give yourself grace and not force the idea that you should be doing something more than what you are doing right now. And with that, I thank you all for listening to this week's episode of How Does She Do It? and the conversation that I had with Crystal Evans Hurst. Please go make sure whether you're listening to this before August 8th or after, please go get a copy of She's Still There. It is available wherever you can get books and there will be a link to the show notes directly to our website and support this support this woman, listen to our podcast and tell a friend to tell a friend. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.